You are listening to a message from Southview Church, located right outside of Nashville in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Now here's our featured sermon of the week. Today we are in our series called Tis the Season of Giving. And some people may have said, well, um, giving is a Christmas idea. Giving is a kingdom idea. God established this all throughout his word. Last week we talked about giving. I had people come up to me and thank me for the message. Thank you for sharing this. Thank you for speaking this. That's always encouraging to someone like me who pours out my heart to these things. But I want you to know that when I'm talking about this, I know this. I know it's biblical and I know it's real. Like, I want you to know we're living this today. These messages that we're preaching over these next few weeks are what we live. I can, I can not only show you in scripture, but I can show you in my life how giving is part of the kingdom. Last week, we had the amazing testimony from the Washingtons. Can we just, come on now, Casey, really awesome. Thank you for sharing, you and Jennifer sharing that vulnerability. That, that was profound. My wife was like falling out on her seat. She was like, whoo, this is good. I'm like, wow, it's so good to hear what God is doing in the people of this church. We talked about doing something we've never done before as a church, which is next week, which is our last meeting together in person is we're gonna be doing a thing called the Big Give, which is we're going to be receiving offerings to bless something in our city that's gonna transform our city. And everything we bring in, it's not going to a building fund, administration, it's going 100% to this organization. We're gonna be sharing that organization later today. But I wanna talk to you again about why this message because some people will say, well, why aren't you talking about baby Jesus? Like, we need more baby Jesus right now. First of all, I've talked about baby Jesus for 12 years, okay? Um, I've talked about Mary, Joseph, sheep, uh, cattle, five wise men, three wise men. There was more than three, by the way. Um, all of these things. But I feel like this is what the Lord wants our church to hear. And I want to show you that giving is not just something you talk about because you have a building to build. Because we have land and we don't have a building right now, so I'm not trying to get any money from you. I'm just going to display that notion. I want to show you in Scripture why giving is part of the gospel story. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he what? He gave. He gave. He loved so much that he gave you something. We forget that the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit are three in one. So essentially what God did was he gave himself to sacrifice for you. We all messed up. God says, I got something. I'm going to send my son. Clean up the mess. He loved you so much. He loved me so much. He gave. Then Isaiah 9, 6. It says, for unto us a child is born. To us a son is what? It was given. There it is again. He gave us his son. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. Good news, guys. Whatever you think about the government, it's on his shoulders. He's got you. Don't stress. God took the government, put the White House, put the Pentagon, whoop, put them on his shoulders. And it said his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. If you need a counselor in your life, if you need somebody to share your issues with, he is wonderful at that. It says he's a mighty God. That means no matter what you're going through, he's bigger than that situation. He's so much bigger. He is an everlasting father. If you need a dad in your life to tell you to stop doing that or show, show you how to do something the right way, he's the everlasting father. And guess what? He's the prince of peace. And I think if there's one thing we need more of right now is peace in our nation, peace in our home, and peace in our mind. And he's the prince of it. He owns it. He is peace. 
Everything you need has been given to you. Our response to him giving is to give back. That's it. We talked about this last week, the response. Last week we talked about tithing. Say tithing. tithing. It wasn't hard, was it? We lost 50% of our church. When I, I'm just kidding. We actually, people really appreciate it. And here's the deal. You can at me on all the things, the covenant. Last week, if you didn't hear it, go listen to it. But I'm telling you, the tithe is God's. Listen to this. But the blessing is ours. And if you're fighting over giving 10% to God, whoo, there's some other things going on. Because it says it's the first tenth. It's not the leftover. It's not whatever I have. If, if I have, after I pay my bills, whatever I have left, I'll give it to them. No, no. It's the first. Listen, Comcast doesn't get my first. My mortgage payment company, they don't get my first. The government, I, even before taxes, I'm giving it to the Lord. When given with gratefulness, it reverses curses and releases blessings. By the way, 50% did not leave, just in case. Some of you are still thinking about that. I know you are. It was a weird thing to say. Why did I say that? I don't know. It was just shock value. It's an issue. Tithing is an issue of love, faith, and gratitude. Because if we truly love God, we truly have faith to believe that he will provide, and we are grateful, we will naturally give back to him. I gave you these stats. One in three American Christians saying it's impossible for them to get ahead in life because of debt that they've incurred. But I also said that people who tithe regularly typically have less debt than any other demographic. Eight out of 10 have zero credit card debt. 28% of them are completely debt-free, including not having a house payment. Come on, Norcios. Why? Because when you trust God, he pours out his blessings to you. I just saved you a Dave Ramsey class. Look at that. Look at that. I just did it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Malachi 3, we talked about this. It says, when you rob God of the tenth, guess what? There's a curse. Now, God, that, heart, that hurts. I'm not saying God curses you. There's a natural curse that associates with robbing. When you take from the Lord, you occur a curse. This is what Malachi, well, Pastor Mark, that's the Old Testament. Well, listen, here's the deal. God guarantees it. And it says that God doesn't change from the, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. We talked about this. Download the message from last week. It says this. He will guarantee, open up heaven's windows and pour out so much blessing you won't have room for it. Then he says he will rebuke the devourer for your sake. You don't have to do it. He'll do it for you. He says, whatever is already yours, the enemy can't devour. And whatever you're waiting for, he cannot stop. Nations will rise up and call you blessed. And then he says, test me in this. Because he knew we'd have issues. He says to give to the storehouse. This is all from last week. The storehouse is what the church would have where they would store all the blessings that the people would bring. So they would bring food, they would bring crops, they would bring finances, and they would store it in the storehouse so that if there is ever a need in the community, they could take care of it. So my question to you is, are we required to give our 10th to the church that we go to? Well, Scripture kind of doesn't really talk about 100% people, just says give to the church. Some people think, well, if I give to some to Southview, some to this mission, some to this church. Listen, you got to do whatever the Lord tells you. What I see scripture saying is to give to your church, 10%. That your church, do you know that everything we do here, that everything you see here is paid for by you? Did you know that? 
you know, we're not selling widgets somewhere in the back. We're not making a profit anywhere here. This is all completely funded by you. Do you know that your giving has literally changed and affected the nation of Ukraine? We have a church that we are partnered with that has been bringing in refugees, kids that have no parents now because they died in war. They are living in the church. You, Southview, are pouring into a church in Ukraine. Did you also know that you have been funding, helping to fund women that are pregnant, that have no hope, that are thinking about abortion, crisis pregnancy center in our city. You have helped fund so that they can give ultrasounds so these women can see the living breathe. Did you know that's a living, breathing baby in her belly? Yes, it is her wound. I get it. But it is not just something. It is a living, breathing human. And when we get to fund that, they get to show that you actually get to rescue people's lives from death. That's just two places that we pour into. You pour in all across the world and in this city. So the storehouse of Southview is able to bless. I want to even share this with you too. We believe in this church that we are to partner with people doing a better job than we are. So you may say, well, where's our storehouse, Pastor Mark? You know what it's called? It's called the well. Because the well does a much better job than we'll ever do. So you know what? Southview supports the well. So this is all about kingdom. Kingdom giving. So you may say, well, the 10%, this and that, blah, 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 blah. But guess what? Today I want to talk to you about the next level of giving called free will offerings. Now this is like next level, like going into another stratosphere of blessings from the Lord. This is when God says to you in the word, he says, will you above and beyond? This is when we get to do something on our own free will. We talked about tithing. That's the Lord's. But free will offering is me saying, listen, God, I want to give you more. 10%. Come on, God. I want to give you more. Do you know there's people that give 90% to the Lord and live off 10? And they're well, they're good. Imagine what we could do. Imagine what the church could do, what, the, what you could bless into by giving 90%. Some of you are like, ah, yeah, well. I remember the first time Leanne and I wrote a check for $1,000 to bless someone. I remember it. Do you remember who it was? Do you? I remember who it was. And I remember because Leanne and I, we would receive the blessings from other people. Do you know that when you get all these blessings, that's because someone decided to give a free will offering to the Lord and bless you with it? So every time you receive a blessing in the mail or somebody just surprises you, that's because someone chose to be obedient to God's nudging. I remember we, we, we'd sit back and we received blessings. It helped sustain us, you know? And I remember one time we said, I, I think you even said, I want to I want to bless somebody one day with $1,000. And we felt the urge, the nerge, the nerge, the nerge of God. It's the nerve and the urge. That's a good word. I actually, Ashley, write that down. The nerge. Oh, that's really good. Let's meditate on that. God, you have a nerve to cause to give me an urge. Okay. Remember, he gave us a nerge, and we were like, Lord, we're going to bless someone $1,000. Do you know that when we wrote that check, we were like, we were so excited. And I was like, wow, it's exciting to give to the Lord. It's exciting to bless people. I want to give you today... In the word, three examples of free will offerings that happened. Unpack the motivation behind it, the work that it accomplished, and the blessings that they bring. You ready? Example number one, 
found in Exodus 35 and 36. It's the building of the tabernacle under Moses' leadership. Exodus 35, verse 4, you can see it on the screen. It says, Moses said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, this is the thing that the Lord has commanded. Take from among you a contribution to the Lord. Whoever is of a generous heart, let him bring the Lord's contribution, gold, silver, and bronze. And then if you keep reading Exodus 35, 6 through 19, it outlines all the different things that the people brought. This was a voluntary offering. It was people that had a generous heart. It was a willing heart. Notice the repetition in these sentences as we continue on through the study today. There's gonna, you're going to hear things of generous, willing, free will. And here's the interesting thing about it. The people gave towards a building. They gave to Moses, but it was to the Lord. And what I want you to understand here is that many times when you give, we feel like we're giving to Southview. You're giving to God. When you bless someone, you're not blessing, you're not giving to them. You're actually giving to the Lord. So here's the deal. Because some people have said, man, I gave to an organization and it folded. I gave to a pastor and he ran away with the money. All these horror stories. And you're like, I can't believe I gave. You gave to the Lord. See, when I give, it's, it's his. It's, I, don't, I don't worry about it. It's not okay. What are you going to do with my money? No. If God said to give, I give it. Because some of you are like, I'm not going to give to a homeless man. He may buy alcohol. Well, if God tells you to give, don't worry what he buys. Just be obedient. Let's continue reading verse 20. It says, then all the congregation, the people of Israel departed from the presence of Moses and they came. Everyone whose heart was stirred, there it is, and everyone whose spirit moved him and brought the Lord's contribution to be used for the tent of meeting and for all its service and for the holy garments. So they came, both men and women, all who were of a willing heart, they brought brooches, brooches, that's, that's the things, the brooches. Do you wear a brooch anymore? No, okay. <laughs> the brooch. Brooch. It doesn't matter anymore. They brought them. They brought earrings. They brought signet rings and armlets. All sorts of gold objects, every man dedicating and offering a gold to the Lord. Their hearts were stirred, their spirits were willing, and something happened in them to say, I will give everything I have to this need. Now, it's interesting knowing this story when you parallel three chapters earlier what took place. Some of you know three chapters earlier, Moses is up on the mountain with Joshua. He's starting to chisel out the Ten Commandments, getting revelation from God. And all the people of Israel are at the bottom of the mountain complaining because we don't have a golden calf like all these other nations do. We should have something. Moses is having a nice experience. Up, must be nice up there. And we're down here. We got nothing. Hey, Aaron. What, what, yeah, how can I help you? We want you to build us a golden calf. So they take off their gold earring, scripture says, and Aaron melts it down and forms a golden calf and they begin to worship it. This is them dancing around it. <laughs> now, I know it had to be a specific set of gold earrings. I grew up in New Jersey, around of a lot of people that would wear gold earrings that had their name on it. Do you remember those gold earrings? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on now. 
Come on now. Tina had them, but it didn't say Tina. It said Christina. You had to go by the full name. You had to fill that hole. Some of you don't know. Some of you too white for this. I'm talking about, I'm, ta I'm talking about the people in the, the, the Puerto Ricans had them. You know what I'm saying? Like when they, when they moved, there was a wind of God that would just flow out from the, those are the kind of earrings they were bringing to the Lord. They were melting them down. And, and, and here's the deal. Moses comes down. And he said, what are you doing? Uh, we wanted to worship like all the other people. He said, no, 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 no. He, this is Moses. He gets gangster. He shatters this golden calf into bits, puts it in water, makes everybody drink it. <laughs> Sheila said, amen. <laughs> we, I don't know about amen. I'd be like, uh, and then some of them got murdered. But the point of it all is <laughs> they experience that level of giving to a fake God. Now when God, after the repentance, God sees and says, we, need to ha we have a need that we need to fulfill. They don't no longer take off their big hoop earrings. They actually give the rings. They give everything of significance that they own to give to Moses to accomplish the work. It was a free will offering. Let me say this to you. God is not after your money. He is after your heart. He, I'm telling you this, God is not up in heaven balancing his holy checkbook and going, if someone would just give $10, we could meet our earthly need today. If 10 people in the world would give $10, we could feed people in China. No, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He doesn't need your 10%. What he wants is your heart. See, the reason why 2,000 times in scripture money and possessions are mentioned is because God knew in 2023 we would be fighting him over the 10th. And he said, if I can't get them to give me 10th, they'll never fund the kingdom to change the world. He wants your heart. So we have golden calves today in our lives that we give to. We do. We do. I'll, I'll mention a few of them. One of them is Starbucks. I knew I would offend people. Feigning goat. Oh, I did. Just love coffee. In the first service, I said legacy coffee is not one of them because Josh Merrill was sitting in the row. And you can give all you need to Josh Merrill in the first service. But we give, we give, right? And now it's like $400 for a grande. And we just do it. That's okay. I need this coffee. God, you'll have to understand. That may be your golden calf. Listen, I'm going to continue on. Offend everybody. Netflix, Disney Plus, NFL package. Come on now, the NBA League Pass. All of these things that we give, because I got to watch my sports. I got to watch my series. I got to do these things. And do you know that they sneak a little email into your inbox that says the rates are going up? And we're like, oh, it doesn't matter. Whatever it takes, I need this. We have leased cars. We have big priced houses. We have clothing. We wear Jordan 1s, and it doesn't matter how much it costs. Now, I am not hating on Jordan sneakers, but what I'm saying is if you can't tie, but you need all those other things, that's about priority. It has nothing to do with the church trying to take your money. And I found in my following of the Lord that as I give, God gives the things that I want has anybody experienced God blessing you? Listen, hold on before you put your hands up. The things that you need, the things that you need, but then the things that you want. Has anyone experienced that? Come on now. It's supernatural. We should allow God to stir our hearts. We should allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. Let's continue. Exodus 35, verse 26. It said, all the women whose hearts stirred them used their skill to spun the goat's hair. 
They were making things. Whatever I can do, I'll make the priest garments, whatever it takes. See, when God points out a need, we should pay attention to it. Your heart should be stirred. Like if there's something happening in our city that is not right, the church should go, what can we do to fix this? I remember a couple years ago, there was a commercial on TV, had Sarah McLaughlin on it, hold one of her puppy dogs. She was singing one of her songs, in the arms of the angel, and all these puppy dogs with sad eyes. People are like, I gotta give to the puppy dogs. They have captured my heart, whatever it takes. Every puppy dog off the streets, in Jesus' name. Some of you laughing, but you, you cried at that commercial. You remember. But do we get stirred by the things of the Lord like that? Does God stir? Can, can we really burn with a compassion? Like if it burns in God's heart, it should burn in my heart. Exodus 35, 29. Let's keep going. All the men and women, the people of Israel, whose hearts moved them to bring anything for the work that the Lord had commanded by Moses to be done, brought it as a, what? Free will offering to the Lord. This was voluntary. Oh, and this is where it gets really good. Exodus 35, the next chapter, verse two. It says, and then Moses called Beelzehalu Biel's, and Olehaba and every, I like messing with you because everybody's like, come on now. And every craftsman in whose mind the Lord had put skill. Listen to this. Everyone whose heart stirred him to come to do the work, they received from Moses all the contributions that the people of Israel had brought for doing the work on the sanctuary. They were building themselves a place so that God could inhabit, so that they could experience him. They still kept bringing him free will offerings every morning, so that all the craftsmen, this is so good, who were doing the work of task on the sanctuary came, each from the task he was doing. That means everybody that was working, the plumbers, the craftsmen, <laughs> the, the landscaping crew, all of these people came from every task that they had, each from the task he was doing and said to Moses, the people bring much more than enough for doing the work of the Lord that you commanded us to do. So Moses gave a command. The word was proclaimed through the camp. Let no man or woman do anything more for the contribution of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing for the material that they had was sufficient to do all the work and more. Church, that is the way the church should give. That the people of the church come to you and say, stop giving. What would the world look like? What would the city that we live in look like? Every need that happened, we just said, listen, you guys have given too much. The provision is always in the house. The miracle is the people giving it abundantly and freely. Jump to chapter 39. According to all that the Lord had commanded Moses, so that the people of Israel had done all the work. Moses saw all the work, and behold, they had done it and the, as the Lord had commanded so had they done it. And this is what I want you to see. Then Moses blessed them. They responded. They gave freely. And the blessing came. God blesses. It's easier to give when you know the outcome already. I'm telling you the outcome to your giving. God blesses you. God provides for you. He takes care of you. Let me give you another example. Example number two. King David and the people giving for the temple. First Chronicles 29. Verse two, it says, this is David. David's saying, this is what I've done. David wants you to know. Listen, 
I provided for the house of my God as far as I was able. He gave gold, he gave silver, he gave bronze, he gave iron and wood. And besides that, he gave onyx and stones and colored stones and precious stones and marble. And he's given all of these things. Moreover, in addition to all that I provided for the holy house, I have a treasure of my own of gold and silver. And because of my devotion to the house of God, I give it to the house of my God. Let me just say what's happening here is David is saying, listen, before I ask of you, I have already given. I'm here to tell you today, do not partner with or give towards anything that the leader and the leadership aren't willing to give to first. If I can't sit up here in front of you and tell you that I'm part of what was going on in this place, don't give to this church. If I struggle with giving and I sit here and I tell you to give, you can leave. But I'm living this out. I, I'm like David trying to tell you. Next week, we're going to share some testimonies. She's going to come up here and preach with me. She always makes me look better, sound better. But we're going to talk to you about what we've seen. Not so that we can gloat, but I want you to know that you're in a place where we all give freely. First Chronicles 29 verse 5 says, Who then will offer willingly? This is what David says. Will consecrate himself today to the Lord. Then the leaders of the father's houses made their freewill offering, as did also the leaders of the tribes, the commanders of thousands and hundreds, and the officers over the king's work. See, leadership should lead the way. David started, all his commanders, all the, all the leaders of the tribes, everyone gave. And so I'm here to tell you that it should be a leadership church thing. We should all be giving. First Chronicles 28, 10 says, be careful now for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. What is David saying here? He's trying to remind them, look, God's given you an opportunity to partner with heaven. Like this is not us asking for your money. This is heaven saying, will you see an amazing miracle take place in your city by giving extravagantly, by giving over and above? See, the fact is they were chosen for such a time as this. You and I are chosen for such a time as this. It's our job to do, to take more than willing hearts and stirred spirits. It's going to take strength. It's going to take consecration. It's going to take affection for God's work. And when God asks, our response should be, whatever you need, may I be the conduit that you can use. Here's the result. First Chronicles 29.9. Then the people rejoice because... They had given willingly, for with a whole heart they had offered freely to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. David reworshipped the Lord for their giving. He was so thankful that his, his nation saw the need and, and took care of it. Great rejoicing comes from loyal, cheerful, consecrated, special treasures over and above all your might, free will offerings. I want to say this to you today. Big givers seem to live in big joy. But big hoarders seem to live in big stress. Do you live in joy? Do you struggle? Do you worry about the economy, inflation? you worry about all these things happening or do you know like God's going to take care of me? Let me give you a third example. King Hezekiah and the people giving after national repentance and revival, 2 Chronicles 31. King Hezekiah goes in, he cleanses the temple, he repairs it, he restores the temple worship back to God. And then in 2 Chronicles 31, verse 5, as soon as the command was spread abroad, the people of Israel gave in abundance 
the first fruits. That means they gave the best. They didn't give over the leftover grain. They didn't give them the stale wine from Costco. They didn't give the oil that was outdated. They didn't give honey that was no good. It was all tough and you can't see, you know when honey gets all tough? They didn't give that. They gave the best and they gave the best of the produce, not the rotten apples on the floor. Here, God, you can have this. They gave the first, the best, and they brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. And the people of Israel and Judah who lived in the cities of Judah also brought in, they gave the 10th of their cattle, the 10th of their sheep, the tithe of the dedicated things that had been dedicated to the Lord, to their God. And they laid them in heaps, say heaps. Now, I, the only way I know heaps is our laundry. That's the only thing that I know that lies in heaps. Currently, right now, a bunch of heaps. In the third month, they began to pile up the heaps, the laundry, I mean the heaps, and to finish them in the seventh month. Let me give you a visual here. People were bringing in all of these first fruits. And so they were storing the produce over here. They had honey. I don't know how you put that in heaps. I don't know. But they did it. They did the, the, the all the gold, everything was in heaps. And it was so big that it was overwhelming. And it says this, they did it for months. And when Hezekiah and the princes came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. And Hezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites about the heaps. Azariah, the chief priest, who was of the house of Zadok, answered him. He said, since they began to bring the contributions into the house of the Lord. Listen to this. We have eaten and had enough and had plenty left. For the Lord has blessed his people so that we have this large amount left. Then Hezekiah, look what he does. He commanded them to prepare chambers in the house of the Lord and they prepared them and they faithfully brought all the contributions, the tithes and the dedicated things. They had to build an addition onto the house of God because the people of God gave so much. This is what happens when God stirs the hearts of people. What stirred the hearts in this particular situation? Number one, it was repentance. They got back into alignment with God. See, when God, when, when the nation repents, when the people of God repent, they focus their attention back to God. They begin to grab a hold of the heart of God again. And then it was revival. God poured out his spirit. Listen, when God pours out his spirit on us, our natural flow as a church is not to hoard it, not to capitalize on it, but to actually spread it around. The days of revival at one church every night are over. You say, well, Pastor Mark, there's revival. I'm telling you, the next great revival that will hit this earth will be a revival that will hit every church in the city, every nationality, every group. It won't be one church. They get burned out, but it will be a revival of the hearts and minds of people where they'll be, it's not about, listen, let me hear me, hear me, I'm telling you. It is not about services and it's not about a church. It's about people's hearts being revived back to God. That's what's getting ready to happen. And then what happens? Repentance, revival, response. How can we not, after all that you've done for us, give back what we have? There was such a blessing in the house, in these occurrences, that not only was the work done, but there was more in the storehouse. What would it look like if every church in the city had plentiful storehouses where every need, as soon as there was a need, somebody went in, took care of the need right away. These are three historical biblical examples of how the people of God responded and what happened after their response. It's not the world's job to do kingdom business. 
It's not the world's job to do kingdom business. It's not Biden's job to pay your... Oh, I got your attention now, didn't I? See, what we're doing is we're expecting the government to take care of us. But what we should be doing is the church taking care of the needs and the government doesn't even have to get involved. Hear me today. Hear me today. The reason why the government is sending checks, paying off student loans, all these things, is because we are a nation that forgot how to give. We love to collect. We love to accumulate. But God's people give. And if we would be a nation of giving, it doesn't matter if it's a Republican or Democrat or whoever in office. The government doesn't have to get involved because the people of God respond at every need. That's how it was intended. And that's how it will be. Hear me. That's how it will be. We could start here in this city. It's the natural response, listen to me, of sons and daughters to, of God to give more than what is needed. So it's not only is the need taken care of, come on now, but even the future is secure. God not only wants to take care of the immediate need in Spring Hill, Thompson Station, Columbia, and Franklin, but he wants to secure the future so that there is no more need in our city. I'm going to give you some timeless truths, timeless tips of free will offerings as we end this today. Number one, it's all about obedience to the nudging <laughs> of the Holy Spirit. Well, what does it feel like to be nudged by the Holy Spirit? Well, it, sometimes it's, it's just knowing his voice. I, I can go, we, we've, we've gone into stores, we, we split off to try to do as much damage as possible. You take that area, you do that, okay. And she'll be like, okay, you take these seven kids, I'll take these three kids. We divide, we have these things. And, and so, and so I, why do you doubt that? Why do you doubt that? She gives me the hardest one, she takes the easier ones. So easy, you know. But I'll tell you this, I don't know, I don't care where I'm at in, the, in, the, in, the, in Target or Walmart or wherever, I can hear my kids. Come on now, moms, you know this, right? You hear your baby cry. You know, you could decipher it out of 500 other cries. You'd be like, that's mine. And you know, and I'll be like in Target going, oh, that's my kid. So I go the other way. You know, like I, I just, I don't want to be associated with that crying kid. Whose crying kid is that? Who's is that? Nuts, crazy parents. They don't know. No discipline in that home. But the, you know why? You know why I can, you know why I can decipher their, their voice? You know why? Because I spend time with them. I hear them in the middle of the night crying. I have grown accustomed to their voice because I've been in communication and in the presence of them very often. If you want to know what the voice of the Lord sounds like, you need to be in his presence. You need to spend time at church. You need to be in the room. You need to ask the Lord to speak to me. He wants to speak to you. You need to clear all the clutter and noise in your life. You need to get alone at home and find time to say, God, speak to me. And as you begin to know his voice, you will hear his voice. You'll know when he says, give. And let me just say this to you right now. If you hear a voice inside your head saying, give to that person, it ain't the devil. I'm just gonna make it real simple. The devil ain't going around speaking in people's ears. Why don't you give? Bless that person. That ain't the devil. So if you feel a nudging in your spirit to give, I'm pretty sure, 99% sure, it's the Holy Spirit. We need to know God's heart. We need to know his heart. Number two, those that have been blessed tend to want to bless others. Every time we get blessed, 
I just think like, Lord, I can't wait to bless someone else. We've even made it a habit of blessing people out of our blessing. Leanne goes, man, you just can't take a blessing, can you? I'm like, let's give it away. <laughs> because you just get excited to be used by God. Let me also say this. There's other ways God wants you to bless people through non-financial things. You can bless people with food. Some of you are cooking. You can cook a food. <laughs> cook it up. You bring that over to somebody's house in the right time, that's a blessing. I want to shout out to every hospitality person in this place. Thank you. You're a dying breed. We need you to spread yourself. Teach people how to cook, Sally Ann, please. Desperately. We need some people to learn how to make meatballs. Amen, Jesus' name. You can bless people with, with your time. Sometimes God doesn't want you to write a check. He wants you to just spend time with someone. Sometimes it's easier to pay someone than to actually spend time with them. So sometimes God just wants you to sit with someone. Give them your time. Let them hear, let them, let, let them share their heart and hear their heart. Sometimes we just need to help people. See, there's so many ways we can give. Some of the people of God actually worked. They built the wall. They built the tabernacle. They shared their, their time. That was their talent. That was their offering. Let me even say this, that blessings, can, businesses can bless things. I know some businesses in this room that you, you, you tie the tenth, you give away what you bring in. Do you know that if you as a business leader, some of you businessmen in this room, if you will make it a practice of your business to give, you will be blessed. Your business will be blessed. I'm telling you, it is a guarantee from the Lord. And offerings, listen to this, given in secret, reap a heavenly reward. I wanted to land on this because I want you to hear from Jesus himself. He's talking about giving. He says in Matthew 6, he says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them on Instagram. See, I think Jesus was thinking about Instagram because he was thinking about all these people that go feed people in, 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 and they feed the homeless and they take a selfie. and look, look, I'm feeding the homeless. Hashtag amazing. Hashtag feeding homeless. Like, that doesn't please God. What, it, what he's saying is, he says, you will no, have no reward from your father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, don't sound a trumpet. Don't post it on Instagram or Facebook, just as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. You're going to get your likes. You're going to get your reshares. That's your praise. He says, truly, I say to you, they've received their reward. Now, listen, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that what you've given may be in secret and your father in heaven will reward you. See what you do in secret when you give without anyone knowing, even the person you're giving, drop it in their mailbox. They have no way to know who it is. And you guess what? God goes, I got you. And I'm telling you, that's a better reward than anything you could post on Instagram will ever reap for you. When we give as the people of God without any strings attached, hear me, there is no strings attached, God. I'm going to give without any recognition. God says, you've now achieved the next level of giving. And I will now bless you with a blessing that no one else could give. That's why what I'm saying to you today is, don't worry. God sees what you do. 
He will honor you. And I'm telling you, there are people in this room that have made a practice of this. And you have reaped that, not just in your finances. Hear me, because guess what? Reaping just your finances is one thing. It's another thing to have good health. It's another thing to have a sound mind. It's another thing to have a healthy marriage. It's another thing to have healthy children. These things all come because God says, I will pour out blessings from heaven and I will rebuke the devourer. I told you last week, you don't have to go to sleep every night going, oh God, please help me. Oh God, please help me. You can rest your little head on your little pillow and go to sleep knowing that God is rebuking the devourer on your behalf. And God doesn't have to claim, he doesn't have to walk around and shed, oh, I hope it happens. I hope these things happen. I hope you bless, I hope you bless Tim. Oh my God, I hope you do it. No, guess what? When God says it, when he commands it, it's done. It's done. So let's go back to Christmas. During the world's Christmas time, this is what people in the world are going through. They're stressed about getting the perfect gift. They're making sure that they don't forget anyone. Some of you are going to go to work, your last day of work before break. That guy that you didn't even know knew you, he's going to bring you a gift. And you're going to get so stressed because you didn't have a gift for him. So you're going to have to run out to Walgreens at lunchtime and get him a gift card. You're going to surmise his gift. That looks about $25. Okay, I'm going to go get a $25 gift card at, at, at Walgreens. Why? Because you're stressed. Oh, guess what else? Am I spending the correct amount of money? on my uncle, on my mother, on my children. And then how many of you with multiple kids? Your kids are like adding it up. Like all of a sudden they know what everything costs. They're like, let's see, they have four gifts and they have one gift. And I'm like, would you just be quiet? You don't do anything in life. You know what, like, you don't work, you don't work, but they're calculating gifts. And as a parent, we're going, oh, I gotta, gotta get a little Timmy this month, gotta get a little Deborah this much, gotta get, and we're stressed. And then we're making sure, oh God, please, let, let Amazon get here in time. How do you do it? We're praying for the Amazon driver, where is he? Right now, I don't know. Something's going on with our mail. I'm like, Jesus, heal the mail lady. Help her to come back from death. I don't know. She probably had the flu. We need the gifts on time. We need it. We name it and claim it. We're meeting them at the, we're meeting them at the street. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. That's the stress the world is going through right now. But listen to this. We stress more about Christmas presents, yet debate over tithe and offering. Many people will put themselves in debt at this season when we can give freely. Teach your kids to give freely. Teach your kids, why don't you give away your toys from last year to make room for the new toys you're getting this year? Oh, that's a good word right there, write that down. God says, you're welcome. God says that there is a major blessing coming back when we tithe and we offer. They both require obedience. They both require faith. But my question to you today is how will we respond? I want this church to be a church that gives extravagantly. So I made a commitment. We will give, this church will give, and I will talk about it. I'm not gonna apologize. Because I know that if this church gives the way it's intended to give, there won't be a need in here, and there won't be a need in our city. How many people would like to live in that city? How many people would like to live in a city where everyone's blessed? Come on now. I love what's happening in this city because there's unity that's unprecedented between the pastors and churches. Now, I said to you earlier, you know, we're not, gonna we're not gonna start a storehouse at Southview because we support the well who does an amazing job being a storehouse for our city. We meet with the mayor 
the police chief, the fire chief, pastors, we meet with them regularly. What are the needs? How can we help? My, my, my buddy over at Church of the City, Pastor Tony, we talk about it. My, my, my good friend, Pastor Tom over at Thompson Station. My buddy over at the bridge, Pastor Ian. I mean, it's just a few churches. But can you imagine if every church did this? If every group of people, all Christians gave, you do the math. We'd not only have enough for the city, but we'd be able to bless Columbia, Thompson Station, Franklin, probably get all the way to Nashville. Wouldn't it be interesting if they said, hey, there, there's a bunch of churches in Spring Hill and the Spring Hill, Columbia, Thompson Station area. They're just giving extravagantly. They're actually paying off the debt of, the, of, this, of this whole state. Sounds crazy, but remember what scripture says. When you do it, the nations will rise up and call you blessed. So my question to you today is, is how will we respond? Thank you so much for listening to Southview Church. Southview Church is a non-denominational, multicultural, multi-generational, Holy Spirit-filled and led community. We believe that who the sun sets free is truly free. If you would like to connect with us further, check us out at southview.cc and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.